0: The Once in Future Nerd is independently produced. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support us, visit onceandfuturenerd.com support to find out how you can help. Listening to this show on an iOS device? Leave us a rating on iTunes, please.
1: What do you mean,
2: missing? I mean absent when she was meant to be present. Missing.
1: Disappeared. Do you mean to tell me you have not yet consummated your marriage? There was no bride to consummate it with.
3: Antonin Mooncrest was explaining to his uncle Julius how, after their wedding the previous night, Antonin was unable to find his bride Arlene. Understandably, the discussion had turned irate.
1: Forgive me, I thought you understood the importance of consummation.
2: Consummate yourself? Am I speaking orcish, uncle? She wasn't there. She's nowhere to be found.
1: You were seen quite deep in your cups last night. Are you sure you're remembering clearly? Yes.
2: I broke up that preposterous fight. I sentenced our man to be flogged. Redmore said his would be hanged. They requested I do the same to ours, and with displeasure I consented. That man
1: died to keep this peace of yours. Peace of ours. It was your idea as much as mine, so don't dare start down that path. There is no more peace.
2: I went up to the bedchamber to find it empty. No one had seen Arlene since she started dancing, and Ardell was the last partner she was seen dancing with. So, you suspect foul play? You don't? I think he sent her away to Galadin knows what awful fate, just as he did his cousin.
1: That man's not a fool, despite what you seem to think. And only a fool would risk this alliance for petty cruelty. Then suppose he truly lost the girl.
2: How is that better? We staked our alliance on this man and on his sister's children by me. If he can't keep track of his sister, do you truly intend for his army to fight alongside ours?
1: Point taken, nephew. Let us go to the man, ask some sensible questions in view of the court, and see if we don't receive sensible answers. And if we do not? I suspect we will. But we can cross that river if we come to it.
3: The Once and Future Nerd Book 1 Princes of Jordan Chapter 8 Evil Untold Episode 2 If one is illicitly stowed away on the back of a vegetable cart, hidden beneath the burlap sack, the ride may be very disorienting. As such, two particular stowaways were aware of nothing more than the bumping of the cart and the occasional sounds of the road.
1: Oh, hail Bryce Riverfell, esteemed commander of
0: Freehold. Morning boys, who's hungry?
3: With some dread, the stowaways heard these voices approach yet could do nothing but cower in wait to be discovered.
0: What in Gallatin's good grace?
3: And so Arlene and Gwen, for those were the stowaways, of course, found themselves huddled around a fire across from Bryce Riverfell, esteemed commander of the Civic Guard garrison in Freehold. Well? Arlene and Gwen looked towards each other, but otherwise sat in silence, either unwilling to speak, or
0: else just plain unsure of what to say. I'm giving you a chance to explain yourselves.
1: Pray forgive us, my lord. We didn't steal nothing. We're just two simple farm girls who were hiding from bandits.
0: This is so much easier if you don't lie. Clarence? A particularly
3: big man tossed a sheathed dagger to Bryce Riverfell. The dagger, once belonging to Ricard Redmore had been confiscated from Arlene upon the discovery of her person inside the vegetable sack.
0: This blade's got the crest of House Redmore on it. Also I can see the damn wedding dress sticking out from under your robe. Arlene's face reddened. So the only mystery is what in Selburn you're doing out here, made Redmore. Or is it Lady Mooncrest by now?
4: Lord Mooncrest and I set our vows, my lord.
0: General, my lady, and congratulations, I guess. White, if you're not a lord, then M'lydee outranks you. She can
5: order you to let us go, can't you, M'lydee?
0: Yep, unless Lord Mooncrest wants you back, and I can't imagine he wouldn't, seeing as he married you, in which case his order would supersede yours.
5: What if she gives her order first?
0: Bryce shook his head sternly.
5: We have gold and jewels
0: which I believe the jurist and hangman would call
3: evidence. Silence returned as the crestfallen women huddled closer
0: together. Bryce considered the two for a moment. I know people who would have died for the tiniest sliver of a chance at a noble life. And here you are, born into that good life, trying your damnedest to throw it away, and I don't get it. At this, Arlene rose and
3: removed her heavy overcloak. A delicate white wedding gown ruffled in the wind.
4: It's a beautiful gown, is it not?
0: Very, my lady.
4: In fact, I can't imagine anything more perfect in which to become someone's bride. But it's rubbish for literally anything else. One cannot go riding in silk or sing in a corset. All it's good for is looking beautiful for someone else. I don't pretend to know what it's like to be poor. Silk is certainly more pleasant than hemp but wear it all your life, and it starts to feel like a noose all the same.
0: Take the dress off, please.
4: General, no,
1: I beg, if you must, I will.
0: No, I'm not, gods, in a tent.
3: Bryce Riverfell afforded Arlene all the proper privacy, as well as a spare shirt. The tunic was, of course, far too large for the lady, but as traveling garb goes, it was far less absurd than the wedding gown had been. The lady returned to Gwen and Bryce at the fire and handed the silken dress to the general. He stared at the fabric for many minutes, then finally tossed the entire thing onto the fire. The silk ignited quickly.
0: Maybe I never saw you two. General? Or maybe I did. We'll be stopping at an inn tonight. I'll decide when I get there.
4: There's so much more I could tell you, General, if you'll hear me out.
0: Gwen rubbed her lady's arm comfortingly. I'm sure. You know, I've been risking my life for 40 years. Hoping I could get some land, get a little something for myself, maybe leave something behind in this world besides a pile of bones. If I'm going to commit that dream to the fire like so much lace, I'd at least like some time to think about it.
3: On the road near Freehold, Queen Regan and her entourage stopped for refreshment and to plan at a roadside inn.
4: Nia, since you're the closest I've got to a scribe, put on the record that I don't like this tomb raid we're headed for.
5: Pixel boobs or a gritty reboot? There's very little else we can do, Your Grace. With respect, your decision at the council meeting made certain of that.
4: I understand that, which is why we're doing it. But I don't like it. For the record. Welcome, dearies.
3: The children froze in panic at the sight of the innkeeper a woman whose appearance was remarkably similar to both the Madame Bailey who had sold them armor so long ago and to the Madame Bailey whose brothel was the site of Jen's tête-à-tête with Sergeant McShane.
4: Don't worry, different sister. I checked. Come on.
3: The party sat at a table in the darkest corner of the inn to hide their intentions. Brennan unrolled a tattered map provided by Re upon their departure.
5: Here it is, just over seven miles south.
6: The Cairn of Evil Untold.
3: Let me see. As Nelson leaned over the table to peer at the map, Jen shook her head in confusion at the name.
6: What's it really called? The Cairn of Evil Untold.
7: No, but really, no one would actually call a place that. No, no,
2: guys, it actually says that on the map. Seriously?
6: Let me see. Wow, it really does say that on the map
7: tourism board really shit the bed on that one.
6: Why would anyone ever go there? Why would they put it on the map? There's definitely undead there. So say some tales. The possibility of undeath is discussed theoretically among some, with no respect of the sacred. But I highly doubt it's ever been achieved.
2: No. No, no, if they bothered to actually call it the Cairn of Evil Untold, there is 100% definitely a high-level necromancer there with an army of undead minions.
5: All the same. It's where we must go to retrieve the chest for the Tarlohi.
6: Um, I think I would like to not do that. Just, like, none of that.
5: That would usually be
2: right up my alley, but it's called the Cairn of freaking Evil Untold.
7: If it's too nerdy for Magic the Geekening over here... I'm out, too.
6: Just the other day, you thought Templars of Discord was a good name for a troop of bards. This is surely not as bad as that. No, this sounds
2: firmly in the dark fantasy slash horror genre. I'll pass. Nia, you should think about staying back, too.
6: What? Why?
2: Oh, well, I I don't know how to tell you this, but folks like us do not fare well in
6: horror stories. I can't afford not to go. If there's any unholy magic in the cairn, I'm best equipped to cast it out.
2: Ugh, just don't split off from the group to cover more ground, okay?
6: And don't get undressed in front of any mirrors. What? Why
5: would I... Oh, and, and and if there's any doors you can't open, try saying different words for a friend. I'm not keen to break our fellowship in such times. Nor
6: I. Yet it must be admitted they are likely safer here.
5: Safer is different than safe.
7: I vote you guys go to the chest, and we'll stay here and... Gather information. We're totally equipped to do that. I was gonna say drink beer until we forget we've each killed a man, but yeah, we can talk to some dudes.
5: I dislike this plan, Your Grace.
4: I think we'd all prefer it if you came along. What'll it take?
7: You saying that the map is a joke, and it's not actually called the goddamn Cairn of fucking Evil Untold.
4: What's the matter? Scared? Again, yes. Cairn of Evil Untold? Says it on the map. We can drag them there by force, but why waste the energy?
1: Agreed. Take no offense, but it's not as if their fighting prowess is indispensable to our success.
6: Parting ways leaves me ill at ease as well, but they've been through a lot. Perhaps a night of harmless revelry would do their spirits good.
5: <sighs> so be it. Your grace, a silver to purchase supper for the road. He stood, but turned to the children. Remain aware of your surroundings at all times. You still need your wits about you. We'll return in two dawns time.
3: The children all solemnly nodded their agreement at the old general. At this, Regan retrieved a small purse from her pack and handed it to Jen. A nearly imperceptible glow could be seen from the top, before it disappeared into Jen's handbag. Sir Brennan is right. Awareness at all times.
6: Do I have your word...
3: Some hours later... One... Two... Three! The children had given their solemn word, and then as soon as the rest of the party was gone, proceeded to spend an unbelievable number of coins on ale. Presently, they were all taking full wooden cups of ale, stabbing the bottom with a dagger, and drinking the ale through this dagger hole. I cannot fathom why the cups had perfectly serviceable openings at the top already. Humans sometimes, I tell you.
7: <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Shit, man. They make better beer here than I thought.
2: Of course they do. This is handmade, artisanal beer. The recipe's probably a family heirloom. You're used to natty ice. Do another? Uh, nice. I think I'm good for now.
6: Yeah. God, I'm not even drunk. I'm just full. I can feel it sloshing around in my stomach.
3: No, oh, You can, huh? A mischievous grin split across Billy's face. He turned deliberately towards Jen, raising his arms towards her. A smile broke her face too.
6: Oh, don't you dare.
3: I don't believe you.
6: No, no, this is your last chance. You're going to be in so much trouble.
3: Heedless of the girl's (laughs) warnings, Billy grabbed her by the waist and tossed her up in the air. Both laughed uproariously as Billy caught her and then repeated the toss a number of times. I can't imagine why Like I said,
6: humans (laughs) Oh god, stop, I'm gonna hurl
3: As Billy set Jen down onto the ground The two looked into each other's eyes And it was as if the rest of the inn had disappeared to them Shut it, dorkhole
6: I love you
7: Yeah, I know, I'm
3: pretty awesome No, really She kissed him with almost a hint of regret in her eyes I love you. I love you too.
6: I missed fun! (laughs) Do you guys remember fun?
7: How can we have fun when someone's always up our asses with swords? Plus murder.
3: Not super fun. A look of determination crossed Jen's slightly inebriated face.
6: So, let's see what we can do about getting home.
7: You mean to Pennsylvania?
6: Yeah, to Pennsylvania. Brennan and them clearly don't want to help. Maybe someone else can give us a clue.
7: Yeah, okay. Let me have one more beer and then we'll- No,
6: no. Let's start now. I don't want to waste our chance. Nelson, you in?
7: Yeah, it's about time. Really, dude? I always figured you'd just want to stay here. Me too.
2: It turns out it's just got all the same bullshit I dealt with in Pennsylvania. Worst part is, I realize that stuff is in all the books I love. All my heroes are racist and
3: everything sucks. Let's get out of here.
7: Fair enough. Hey, yo! Has anyone here ever been to Pennsylvania?
3: Every head in the bar turned to stare at Billy. Had someone dropped a pin, the sound of its fall would have echoed. Slowly, and only after some time had passed, conversation resumed. I think we need a slightly better plan than that. You got a better idea?
6: You see those guys playing cards over there?
7: Who, did we be looking once?
6: Yeah. Nelson, recognize that thing on their coats?
2: That? That was the crest from the College of Armstrong Guard. Well, good eyes, Jen.
6: They're college boys. Stuck in bumblefuck nowhere, a little drunk, probably horny, and desperate to prove how much better they are than everyone here. Just like... Billy?
7: You pinned douchebags during Christmas break.
6: There you go. And we're gonna mess with them the same way. Only instead of getting them to buy us beer, They're gonna give us information.
2: From what we gather so far, how we got here is still some pretty esoteric stuff. Nia didn't know anything either.
6: Look, I'm not saying I don't trust Nia, but her and Brennan and all those guys have a vested interest in keeping us here. Prophecy and stuff, people in here don't.
7: Okay, we can run that play.
6: Just don't hit anybody. Unless I say. Nelson, sound good? I mean, information can't hurt.
2: Knowing is half the battle. No one? Bueller? Bueller? Really? not Nothing on that
7: either. Okay. I know that flick. Something about eating breakfast, right?
3: I quit. Let's do this shit! In his excitement, oh. Billy threw his chair to the ground and stormed off to the bar to obtain more beer.
6: He got pretty close on that one.
3: Admittedly. Same director.
6: You ever worry that we've been away just long enough to forget how much nepa sucks too?
2: You ever live out a cherished fantasy only to realize that it wasn't your own and was made up by someone trying to keep you down? Because that's where I'm at.
6: Are we talking about porn right now?
2: God, I miss the internet.
6: Come on, Nelson. Let's go home.
3: For additional information and bonus content, access onceandfuturenerd.com on your computer machine. New episodes are released every other Sunday. The Once and Future Nerd is written and created by Zach Glass and Christian Madera, and directed by Christian Madera. It is performed by
6: Rhiannon Angel,
3: Garrett Arman, Dan Dobransky,
4: Lily Drexler, Anya Gibeon,
3: Ian Harkins, All Notice. Frank Guerres.
4: Julie Reed.
3: Gregory M. Schultz. It is co executive produced by Jess Kelly. Alex Story is an associate producer. The Once and Future Nerd is recorded by Brian Forbes at the Gallery Recording Studio in Brooklyn, New York, with additional audio engineering by Sam Palumbo. Foley sound design and mixing is done by Sandra Ramirez. This episode was edited by Josh Perot. Theme music is composed by Tom Lee. Thanks for downloading.